0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello, welcome to this the epic episode two two nine of the Material Podcast. I'm anticipating epicness because that should be our goal for the remainder of 2019. Some okay. people on social media have reminded us all that we have we have less than two months left in this decade. And thanks pointed, for reminding me. Yeah, well, exactly. And but they're also like saying, "Oh, what if what did you accomplish in this decade?" And I'm like. Uh, managed to keep body and soul together along with my integrity and my faith in the future, despite lots and lots of challenges to both. I don't know. But what did you do? Annoy tens of thousands of people on social media and try to make them small? Incidentally, people, I am Andy Anotko, one of your two hosts. And I am Florence Ion. Exactly. Very, very good. Um... We should give a shout out to uh, area code two two nine this week. Uh, I I like that we're now like actually trying to make all of our individual listeners feel singled out. uh, Giving oh well, I'm
1: and I'm learning about area codes. I mean, so really, it's becoming an educational portion of the material podcast.
0: I had to remind myself that oh, it's no longer like the middle digit being zero or one. Um, Also, so two two nine is the southwest quadrant of uh, the state Mm. of Georgia. Uh, it includes Albany. Now, see, I, I got really excited for a reason that had nothing to do with Georgia because I thought, "Ooh, Albany! I used to go to school at RPI just outside of Albany. I know all about the Capital District and the Egg and uh, and the good comic book shop that used to be there in the late '80s, early '90s." Uh, but I do know, I have learned that it is the birthplace of Ray Charles mm-hmm. and Paula Dean, which seems like two. Definitely a yin yang sort of thing. I was going to of- say
1: Paula Dean's long been canceled.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: but Ray Charles, I mean, there
0: you go. You 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 can you, the coolness of being the birthplace of Ray Charles. That's enough, uh, like cultural, yes, uh, cultural uh, 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 paper towels to absorb at least like eleven Paula Deens.
1: It's better than butter. So much better than being known for butter and casual racism. Exactly, <laughs> so. this, the,
0: the sort of jaunty racism <laughs> that, uh, that used yeah. to be, that used to go like, where culturally, like, we're, our our reaction would be like, "What? Like, uh, okay, I really don't want to get into it." Yeah, before yeah. before we're able to say, "What? Wait a minute, stop." <laughs>
1: <sighs> and I mean, I, listen, I love, I love a butter. I love butter. It's great to cook with. I mean, yes. who doesn't love like a buttery piece of chicken, but Paula Dean, like, you just, that's, you're clogging my arteries here. Like, you know,
0: so <sighs> I, yeah, I was, seeing, well, to, to be fair, Julia Child, uh, also, was like a big advocate of butter.
1: Well, and that's what I was thinking about but, the, but, but she the butter so bath, bath. She you wasn't know. so
0: much in the casual racism sort of thing.
1: No, no, but I was thinking of the Julia Child method of bathing the chicken in butter exactly. and just kind of like you exactly. know constantly churning. And now I don't cook; my husband cooks, but I know at least that a butter bath is the way to cook a piece of meat.
0: Oh God, most, yes, most no. of the
1: time. No. So it's- butter and garlic. I mean, butter, f-
0: butter and garlic, or butter and like any aromatic, season, aromatic exactly. spice. Like again, I'll a couple take a of,
1: lemongrass. I'll take a exactly lemongrass. a couple
0: sprigs of that, and then that was the that was the thing that kind of made me feel finally like I'd cracked something as a cook. Uh huh. It's like, oh, that's why almost everything I've been cooking in that pan has tasted okay, but not great. It's like the first lesson is. All you first salt and pepper. If you don't have salt and pepper, you ain't got nothing. That's the start. That's 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 table stakes.
1: But see, I was I was raised to be adverse to salt, uh, which is hilarious because there's so much MSG in Romanian cooking. Um, but I was adverse <laughs> to using salt because I had been taught that like salt is so bad probably because we were using the vegeta seasoning which has like a lot of sodium in it um, and so when I moved out on my own and started cooking I was not a person who would salt her pasta mm-hmm. and my husband who was my boyfriend at the time was very incensed over this she's like why aren't you <laughs> salting the pasta like it's it's supposed you're, you have to do that and I'm like why you want me to just like bloat up but it turns out, folks, you do have to salt the pasta, no matter what they say, unless, of course, you have some sort of doctor's note that says absolutely stray away from salt. Um, salt is not bad. Butter is not bad. Just as all things in life, try not to be in excess.
0: Exactly. Like again, <laughs> don't don't put like a. a- don't put like a popsicle stick inside a stick of butter and then just walk around.
1: Don't they sell those at like state fairs? Like oh, yeah. f- a fried stick of butter.
0: I And I don't understand how that works. I just don't. They, they have, they have to put some sort of a binding agent in it just to hold it together.
1: Right. And that would be the batter. I would assume. Oh, yeah. I now I've always wanted to go to a state fair where they sell those things and like try them and, and then detox immediately with like <laughs> wheatgrass for the following well, see, three, uh, four uh, days. <laughs>
0: again my 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 personal philosophy is that if you're going to uh, a state fair or like uh, a uh, any ethnicity of your choice street festival you don't go there to say i i, I would like a i'm a a a, a carb free <laughs> vegetable no no added anything it's like no if uh, if someone has said here is like Three different kinds of meat that we've put together, breaded, and like you've had me at three different kinds of meat, bring it on. Because when when I'm at home, that's when I have like two slices of an English muffin with some jam on it for breakfast. Uh, When I'm uh, having breakfast at a diner with friends, that's when I say, is there a breakfast on your menu, the sort of which if I finish it within an hour, I win a free hat and my photo goes on the wall. Give me that, or, oh, that's right, I'm boarding a flight in an hour. Give me that, but dial it back one notch.
1: It's a very quick story, because I know that we, people love it when Andy and I are just <laughs> rambling about our lives. Uh, very quick story. The first time I ever had tofu was at a Renaissance festival in high school. Yes, because I did not want a giant turkey leg. I was like, <laughs> that's – I'm just not – I, I don't know how to eat that. That is a lot of effort. And I don't know that like I'm really like that into a hunk of meat. And so there was this little booth and they were selling, I forgot what they were called, but like they were these little tofu nuggets covered in this very like kind of Swedish sauce, so- sweet ish, not Swedish, sweet ish <laughs> sauce. And had a little rice on the side. They were so good. I thought they were meat. So I had them like three years in a row, the three years in a row that I went to the Ren fair and then i found out it was tofu the entire time so thanks to the thanks to the renaissance uh, reenactment festival of gilroy california i had my first foray into tofu uh, and now now i enjoy i enjoy the soy treat
0: hey nonny nonny <laughs> indeed so i well i so let me let's let's swing things we'll we'll swing things into the transition of Personal what anecdotes this podcast that is have about. Yes. That has to do with Google. <laughs> so I tried I tried Google shopping for the first time.
1: Okay. I don't have it because I live in the boonies, but please tell me how you how you felt about it.
0: Oh it's not uh, so this isn't the delivery thing. This is uh like Google.com slash shopping uh where it's sort of I'm sorry, shopping.google.com uh, which you you oh you, you Oh, this oh the
1: shopping search engine.
0: Exactly, it says, "Let's go shopping, Andy," and puts all these nice tiles of supplies. And uh, I didn't know. I'll I'll say that I I did Let's it. Let's
1: go shopping, Florence.
0: Exactly. See, it, it's tailored. It knows all about you. That's why it said Florence and not Andy. <laughs> That's they're they're really on the ball there. Uh So. Uh, it was, wait, it wait, was, wait!
1: What are your first three categories? I'm sorry. Now, okay, no, no, no. Let's, Now I want to see how algorithmically al- algorithm this is because my first three categories are electronics, home and garden, and health and beauty.
0: Right, and the next three are toys and games, grocery, and household supplies.
1: Okay, we have the same categories. Okay, and I also have a baby and kids. Do you have a baby and kids?
0: You can buy babies and kids. Wow. Well, you can buy. You can I, I, buy. Well, I haven't scrolled down yet, so <laughs> I'm still scrolling. I don't see the babies and kids department.
1: Oh, oh, you, wow. Wow. I've been profiled. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> like, wow. 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 <laughs>
0: So anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay. Talk
1: about your experience.
0: <laughs> so I, I'll just, so, no, so I, 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 have to say that I, I uh, it was purely for, it wasn't so that, Oh, I want to try this out. This wonderful show, new like search empowered shopping experience. Sure. It was that I've, uh, I, I got a deal. I, I came across a deal on uh, at bestbuy.com com on a Western Digital 8 terabyte uh, USB 3 external hard drive. Mm-hmm. These are kind of like what, what what I used to do the way I I buy these hard drives the way that I used to buy like floppies mm-hmm. because there's they they go on they they list price for something like 200 bucks, but if you if you keep an eye on prices, they routinely go down to like 150, 140, 130 and so it's it's t- the way that I use data and the way that I do backup and storage. It's definitely worthwhile for me to buy it when they're really really cheap and just have keep it in the box and keep it in storage, awaiting the time where ah oh, damn it I got to back up this entire server. Oh, oh wait, I do have that entire external hard drive that is brand new has no data on it. Great, we use that. Mm-hmm. And so there's the cheapest price I'd ever seen for it, uh, 120 bucks. So definitely buying it. Uh, That's and not then bad. and then I remember that from the distant distant past of my memory that uh, Google, Google is still in the hey let's try to let's do let's get people to use this service by any means necessary and so they will give you 20% off any purchase uh, uh any purchase up to uh a value of $20 for the discount so 20% off anything above $100 is $20 off but for this hard drive it would basically bring the price down to 100 bucks uh so and so I used it, and I'll, it, it tricked me into using it. Like, so as so long as I'm here, I'm going like, to click around, and I actually kind of liked it. It really is like a – it's like they they've made a nice hybrid between a search engine and a store where it really mm-hmm. does feel like you're shopping for hard drives. And let's narrow it down to Western Digital hard drives, and then you have that nice little uh, like uh, column to the left. That could narrow it down. Well, what what size? What maker? Uh, what kind of what kind of storage? What kind of interface? And by the time you drill down to what you want, it feels as though you're ordering from one catalog. Only for some reason, the Western the exact same Western Digital hard drive you're looking at from B Photo costs one hundred fifty dollars, and the hard drive that you're looking at from uh, from Best Buy is costing you one hundred twenty dollars. So I'm not saying that I'm going to become a regular user of this. I might uh, – only only after having this conversation did I really focus on like the grocery section of it. And now I'm like, you know what? Maybe let's take a look at – because I've got I've, – I pulled the hell – we were talking earlier uh, before the show. I pulled the hell out of my quadriceps. And so like a lot – so food shopping is uh, – takes – uh, until until I complete like physical therapy and stuff, like it's really sore, really hard to walk around. So my thinking is more like I would much rather buy like a huge bag of pecans and have it delivered to me <laughs> and then just like have that for like breakfast, lunch and dinner for three oh, days in a row. I think you
1: can do Costco. I think you can do Costco through Google Shop. Bing.
0: yeah they have they have the maybe exactly costco groceries so i i don't know why it's 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 in baking and cooking ingredients they've shown me and so kirkland signature walnuts Kirk, kirkland signature pecan how it yep. has sugar in the raw sugar in the raw sugar in the raw la dolce vita classic italian broccoli broccoli is horrible enough and you're putting it in a jar so <laughs> so i'm just saying that uh ooh. Rice Krispies treats, $11.99, $11.19 for a whole box. Free delivery over $35. I will get it by Tuesday. And it's all like just add to cart. So it's like, yeah, I could I could do this. And so it's, and it's nice. It doesn't feel like – it's not like – it doesn't feel like ads. Also, the number of times previously when I've been like shopping for something specific – you know, you know what it's like you, you you type something into the basic search engine and the first four pages are number number one site for USB 3 cables extended super long 8 8 meters long. <laughs> oh wow, look and this link goes to super super long USB 3 cables red 8 meters long.com. Gee, I wonder if that's a specialty site or if that's just somebody trying to game the search results. I would like it's it's like you're gonna be you're you're gonna be tracked and you're gonna be ripped off and you're gonna be exploited no matter how you try to spend money, starting with a visit to a web page. If I'd much rather like have all of my being ripped off of being done by the same company, uh, i.e. Google, and I trust that they're not. Really trying to rip me off so much as make sure that they stay in business as a search engine over the next five or 10 years. So I'm, I might have to keep, I might have to, I might have to remember this, particularly when, uh, as uh, Black Friday deals are coming up.
1: Mm, I was going to say.
0: For, for, but for everybody, it's a, at least through the month of November, it is a dead simple way to. Save twenty dollars off of any hundred dollar purchase. Like no matter, just like just like what I went through, which is that I've got something that I, I would I would very much like to spend. Uh, this is a really good deal as it is. It's uh, it goes from a good deal to a great deal if I simply allow this nice company to just knock off twenty dollars for no apparent reason. And so I'm going to do that. And like and as I said before, it's not as though it's it's Best Buy's hundred twenty dollar deal. And it's just the going through Google Shopping and paying uh, using Google for checkout. Uh, it handled everything. Uh, apparently, gives you some sort of extra guarantee. I haven't tried that that out yet, but yeah, it's on my radar now. I'll say it for sure. So whatever they were trying to do to trick me into saving money and using the service, it worked.
1: Well, I'm just like looking up Nest, the little Nest sensors for my Nest Secure. Uh, same price everywhere, but I like that you can narrow it down by location if you want to go pick it up in person. So I think Andy, I'm going to, I think I'm going to try and use this for home decor. I'm going to see what I can find. Cause I'm, I'm into the, I'm into the cheap home decor. Okay. I, I scour Ross and Marshall's and TJ Maxx. I don't, you know, I don't want to pay full price for these things. So, um, I, I think now this is going to be our experiment for holiday shopping. Hmm. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. Ooh. Does, does that mean that everything we buy, like for gifts and for ourselves, becomes tax deductible because it's research now?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know if that. Means. I, I
0: I I don't have the guts to do that. But I, I, why don't you go right ahead and tell us how? <laughs> tell us how sure, it works. sure. And, do, and don't and just to make just to make sure that we're fair and balanced, make sure you don't confer with your accountant before you do this. Mm-hmm, just go exactly. right ahead.
1: All right. Yeah. But you know what? I don't even have to talk to him until next year.
0: Exactly. So. <laughs>
1: A uh, oh, Christmas card.
0: Do you, do you send Christmas cards to your to your accountants and to your
1: – I don't. I don't. I send a Christmas email. Okay. I know that's so like whatever. But, you know, it, it, it's because my husband designs like a – he designs a graphic um, and then we send it out on Christmas Day. So, like to people that we're mm. thinking of. So –
0: well, before b- before we go to commercial, I have to. I also have to ask. So, I am. Uh, we, we 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 both share. I don't mean this in an offensive way. I'm 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 part of this this uh, this uh, cultural democratic uh, people who uh, who uh, are descendants of immigrants from that vague zone known as Eastern Europe slash. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, very very Western Russia. At some point,
1: mm-hmm. my
0: family came through a certain country in Eastern Europe on their way to America, whether to give themselves better immigration papers or because they legitimately wanted to live there for a while. Uh, to, so as a result, I, uh, my uh, one side of the family does celebrate like Orthodox Christmas, mm-hmm. which I, which do, does your family do that as well?
1: No, we just, we just Westernized oh. <laughs> or just do or whatever. I mean, cause Romania celebrates the regular Christmas um, in addition to the Orthodox Christmas. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, globalism.
0: (laughs) Well, but see, you're you're missing out because I have used that. I've exploited that so many times for like the times where Mm -hmm. like uh, I can't tell how many times I've – I usually like custom make uh, Christmas cards with a photo that I've taken earlier. Mm -hmm. And often I will often get on the ball early enough to – Like have them by like the last week in November, first week in December, but then something – I get distracted by a shiny object and I don't send them out in time. So suddenly they become, hey, happy, merry Orthodox Christmas, which is like two weeks later. And I'm still – not only do I still get credit for sending them out in time, but also – if you are, if you got like a very, very nice card from someone you're really, really good friends with, but you've never exchanged cards with before, you can still, hey, guess what? Shook. I, I also in, uh, just decided to send you a card, independently of not knowing if I was going to get a card from you. So that's just another. Yeah,
1: tip. yeah, that's a good one.
0: Also, also, uh, you get to have a second uh, Christmas dinner and a second uh, Easter dinner. Oh, so you you get you, you get two you get two extra hams per year two True. extra hams per True. year. True,
1: that is the nice thing about having both celebrating both American Easter and Orthodox Easter. Uh, lots of candy and lamb. <laughs> 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 Sorry to all the vegans and vegetarians out there who listen to us. We definitely talked a lot about meat on this podcast thus far.
0: Yes, Whoops. but I, I bet uh, I would love to, I would love to know like what sort of like feast centerpiece traditions there exist in vegetarian households mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I it's don't, firky.
1: it's a big but, one. Yeah.
0: But see, you know, is it going to be, Hey, let's mold something in the shape of let, let's, let's create a Turkey, but an analog for Turkey, or is it, let's just dispose of that entirely. We can just make this uh, like mom and dad make this incredibly good, uh, like goulash. Like with tofu, mm. and and but a t- or this is there's this like a, like a like a mole sauce that takes mm-hmm. like like three weeks to make properly. But hey, it's Christmas. We're gonna make the mole sauce for this thing.
1: That sounds really good. And,
0: and by virtue of the fact that you grew up anticipating that, oh, it's Thanksgiving. We're gonna have oh, and you're and you're calling your sisters and brothers saying, do you have mom's mole sauce recipe? Like her her Thanksgiving mole sauce recipe.
1: Yeah. Let us know out there, by the way, if you have any Let us know. Very, very, holiday very traditions. That. Yeah, we're very uh, curious.
0: Quick, Gimpy Gimpy Bush experiment update: We are still holding fast at number two and number four as uh, Google Podcast search results uh, for the uh, for podcasts about the Gimpy Gimpy Bush. So again, it, it seems like we are we're becoming a beloved Gimpy Gimpy Bush search tradition, mm-hmm. where it's no longer important for us to be number one each and every week. It's that we are consistent weekly performers, and I think that's a good accomplishment. We should be very yes. proud.
1: We are. We are very proud. Uh, And with that, now we will proudly segue into our first
0: ad. Indeed.
1: This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Recently, over 100 million people had their personal information stolen in another major data breach. Social security numbers, contact details, credit scores, and more, all taken from Capital One customers. There's a possibility you've been affected by this, and these kinds of attacks are getting more frequent. And more severe. It's not just Capital One. Equifax, Facebook, eBay, Uber, PlayStation, and Yahoo have all leaked passwords, credit cards, and bank numbers belonging to billions of users. This is another reason I use ExpressVPN because you can't control how big corporations mishandle your data, but you can take steps to protect yourself. Or you can't. ExpressVPN is an app for your computer and phone that encrypts and secures your data. I never use an unprotected network without ExpressVPN. It connects with just one click. It's lightning fast, and it costs less than 7 bucks a month. I use ExpressVPN with my Windows PC, my Android devices, and my Chromebook. All I need on the Chromebook is the Android app, and it works so well. ExpressVPN is also for iPhones and your Macs. It works cross-platform. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN provider by TechRadar, CNET, The Verge, and others. So go right now to expressvpn.com material to arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. You can support the show and protect yourself by going to expressvpn.com material for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show.
0: Well, we, uh, we have our, our weekly Google scandal and government uh, investigation of the week. I just don't know if it's a really big deal. Like As I was reading up on this all this week, I'm still on the fence about whether this is a story about Google collecting lots and lots of data without informing people for creepy reasons, or excuse me, or coming off cross as creepy because of it, or if it's just that, well, no, a project that they already kind of discussed earlier got the got the focus of a Wall Street Journal article, and now it happened like the article hit on a Monday. And everybody who wanted to write about something wrote, I, I don't know where I stand on this. Uh, the, the, the the basic bullet line sort of thing is that uh, Google is has entered in a proj- uh, a partnership with uh, a medical uh, group called Ascension, which is uh, the probably uh, it's been described as the largest uh, nonprofit healthcare organization in the United States, as well as the largest Catholic. Healthcare, uh, or healthcare association uh, in the United States. Um, they actually describe themselves as a nonprofit that or, operates in 2,600 locations in 20 states plus the District of Columbia. They describe themselves as, quote, a faith-based healthcare organization dedicated to transformation through innovation across the continuum. I'm sorry. I really do have to use the know A faith based healthcare organization (laughs) dedicated to transformation through innovation across the continuum of care, with special attention to persons living in poverty and those most vulnerable. Uh, They also, we should all, I I also want to point out that, again, according to their own literature, in uh, uh, fiscal year 2019 or 2018. Uh, they say they provided two billion dollars in healthcare of persons living in poverty and other community benefit programs, but that's not what we're focusing on. Uh, focusing on a project that uh, internally Google and Ascension were calling Project Nightingale, mm-hmm. uh, by which tens of millions, like close to twenty million uh, patients in the Ascension healthcare system, uh, were uh, had their health data let's just say shared with google or uh, entered under the gaze of google mm-hmm. and if you're trying to get lots of clicks or uh, uh, to or from another point of view if you are uh, have a very very healthy wariness of large corporations having access to personal data and when we're talking about the healthcare, the healthcare data under uh, Project Nightingale, we are talking about the whole enchilada. We're not talking about anonymized research stuff. We're talking about like every piece of your healthcare data, uh, including like your uh, physician notes, surgeries, uh, your blood type, blood type, uh, your, your you know your name, address, everything uh, is uh, as part of this data. Um, there, it's uh, it's. It sounds bad, but here's but they uh, Google and Ascension were both uh, clarifying exactly what the collaboration was about. Uh- to the, both of them, they must have collaborated on this. Uh, made it uh, basically put it down to three different areas. Number one, just putting the, the their data in infrastructure onto Google Cloud services. So mm-hmm. whatever service they were using before to simply store all their digital data, now it's being stored on Google Cloud services. Uh, So uh, the partnership will modernize Ascension's infrastructure, enabling to migrate their on-premise data warehouse and analytics environments to their own private and secure Google Cloud environment. Key elements of this work will focus on network and system connectivity, data integration, privacy and security and compliance. So that doesn't seem like that's – so when we're talking about, oh, well, they're sharing all their information with Google, well, again, they're using Google. Google Cloud services. Um, and also, uh, the second bullet point would be uh, using Google uh, G Suite productivity tools. So instead of using whatever mishmash of data they were using, uh, of tools they were using before, now they're going to be moving on to uh, G Suite. So... Which is uh, not only a well-understood platform, but also a collaborative and open platform so that if you need to have discussions Mm -hmm. with lots of different departments and lots of different people, interdisciplinary care and operations teams uh, across various sites seems like a very nice thing. Ascension itself uh, uh, described both of these things as a modernization, uh, enhancing uh, security, uh, reliability. Uh, and basically, object permanence, permanence, uh, and basically, uh, and and compl- also compliance with uh, national Nash- with the federal requirements for the storage and security of healthcare data, which Google is in a very good position to help out a <laughs> organization uh, with that sort of stuff. The last bullet point was probably the most interesting. If you drop the controversy part out of this. Uh, the extending tools to doctors and nurses to improve care. Google says we aim to provide tools that Ascension could use to support invi- improvements in clinical quality and patient safety. Uh, the Ascension uh, site on. Uh, uh, press release on this says uh, they want to explore artificial intelligence slash machine learning applications that will have the potential to support improvements in clinical quality and effectiveness patient safety and advocacy on behalf of vulnerable populations as well as increased consumer and provider satisfaction which is a big deal uh it goes as simple as making sure that if you are uh if you, uh, uh, again, I've, I've, I'm going to be seeing a doctor about this, uh, about this really, really sore quadriceps. And let's say that, uh, this doctor that I see for the first time, uh, prescribe something to like help with pain management. Uh, it, the, this doctor may or may not know that three or four years ago, let's say I was put on this other medication for high blood pressure or whatever. I'm not on any kind of medication, but you never know, uh, This uh, one of the it's a very very important thing to make sure that across many many years, across many many different providers and many many different healthcare systems, there is a consistent knowledge of here is the treatment that the the range of treatments that this patient has had, and here are the drugs that they this uh, this patient might be on. Uh, It's a very uh, I I had some had some experience with this when I was my mom's caregiver, uh, where uh, this was probably the first time that. Uh, to make to make sure that I understood uh, what her uh, prescription regimen was, I really I finally like I was probably the first person to put it all in a chart and get everything done. And because I'm just that way, it was like, okay, what does this pill do? What does this pill do? What does that do? And finding out that, oh, she was on two medications that she no longer needed. There was one that had a warning, not, it wasn't a bad interaction, but it was a warning that you have to make make sure you keep an eye out for this, this, and this. And wouldn't it be nice if at the time when my mom was prescribed a certain thing, there was some sort of a flag out that says, oh, by the way, she doesn't need this because she's whatever, whatever you're prescribing this for is already being covered by this thing she's been on for the past two Mm -hmm. years. Um, As well as the really cool science fiction stuff, which is when someone gets an MRI, Wouldn't wouldn't it be great if we had an artificial intelligence system that sees every MRI of 21 million patients across 2,600 uh, healthcare locations in the country that gets really, really good at not providing a diagnosis but at least providing uh, better tools for understanding what is normal – what is abnormal but not a health problem, and what is – this is something that we've only seen before in patients that were later diagnosed a year and a half later with something that involved a life-altering need for treatment. So these are all things that we're kind of in favor of, but the thing is it has to – Google certainly has an obligation to make sure that if the Wall Street Journal mentions all this – People don't get really, really afraid, um, and it sounds like I'm men- I'm 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 not making people s- seem silly for being afraid of this. Again, I think it's any company as big and powerful as Google, you have to be skeptical, and you have to. They have a responsibility to be the people to explain. Um, basically, there is a uh, the big question is: Is this HIPAA compliant? Which is the national mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, healthcare law that puts really tight restrictions on how your medical data can be stored and shared. Uh, Google in a blog post says that all of Google's work with Ascension adheres to industry-wide regulations, including HIPAA regarding patient data and come with strict guidance on data privacy, security and usage. Um, and all ends with uh, mentioning that uh, this is standard pro they're doing everything that is standard practice in healthcare uh, mm-hmm. As patient data is frequently managed in electronic systems that nurses and doctors widely use to deliver patient care, so they're not they're not inventing electronic record storage, and they're sticking to all the regulations that they already have. <laughs> Absolutely but, not. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and they end with uh, to be clear, under this uh, under this arrangement, Ascension's data cannot be used for any other purpose than for providing these services we're offering. To ascension under the agreement, and patient data cannot and will not be combined with any Google consumer data. So, just a button okay. before we start talking about it. I know this is a big uh, information dump, but there's a lot to think about here. Um, the off and after the Wall Street Journal article hit in uh, on Monday, on Tuesday, uh, the Office for Civil Rights and the Department of Health and Human Services uh, have open investigations. Uh, they're they're going to seek to learn more information about this mass collection of individuals' medical ind- records to ensure that HIPAA protections were fully implemented. So it's not doesn't seem like a criminal thing. They just want to have insur- assurances that, okay, you're saying that you're complying with HIPAA, but let's just make sure that you really, really are we google google uh, google is in such a weird position where even when they're doing nice things or even neutral things they are still in a position where they have to make sure people understand exactly what they're doing at all times
1: this has been a quite a topic of conversation this week, um, both among like my Discord group, uh, you know, on Twitter through, I'm sure, various podcasts um, that even our listeners have listened to this week. I think part of the 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 appeal of this particular news is the fact that. Um, There's that narrative out there of just like, what is big tech doing with your data? And I think that was part of the reason that some of the headlines were very just like, ah, Google's using all of his health data. What's it doing with it? Oh my gosh. And it just like (laughs) purchased Fitbit. Remember? Like, look, remember when it purchased Fitbit and you were all freaking out? Well, this is the reason you have to freak out. This is not, it's not an uncommon thing for a tech company to hook up with a healthcare company, especially considering that both those companies are in the profit-making business, uh, especially here in the United States of America, and one of the ways to kind of offer an edge to patients/slash customers is by offering like these next-gen kind of health care. Facets and they, they, those can look like anything. I mean, they can look like digitized records that whatever can be pulled up at the drop of a hat. They look like um, when you have the ability to email your doctor securely. I mean, think about how much tech that goes, like how much encryption goes through that just so you can like email your doctor and have that be HIPAA compliant. Um, I think the biggest problem with this. In terms of optics for Google, is a fact that they are they are the product at the end of the rainbow for Google is the assistant. Um, that's kind of the terminology that I use. It's kind of an all encompassing terminology that I use because when you look at every Google product device, I'm talking devices and um, service at the end of it, it's usually the assistant which is connected to a sort of algorithm, right? Um, at least in the consumer side, it's definitely the assistant. When it comes to its search properties, it's kind of related in that sense. And I think that's why a lot of folks are really dubious about this because they're like, well, what the heck now? Like all my health data is going to be used. Basically I'm going to be turned into a number by my <laughs> healthcare company, which sorry to say, but we already are all numbers. Um, they don't really care about us? Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> uh,
1: I do. I, I've heard many times of, like, different consulting companies working with healthcare agencies just kind of, like, improve their infrastructure on the back end. Um, it I, Maybe we have to start thinking more procedurally about this. Um, maybe... Maybe HIPAA needs to be edited <laughs> to deal with big tech. Um, I definitely agree with Andy. Like, there is a positive reason for these things to be used. Um, I will say it's also interesting. I was using this AI like chatbot app for a while. Um, gosh, I forgot the name. It's somewhere in my email. But it's a, it's an Android app. Is also it's also an iOS app. And the other day, I received a term of service update. Because the whole point of the AI is that you provide it with the information of your symptoms and then it uses that to kind of like come up and, and the information you've given it about yourself. And it uses that to come up with like a diagnosis or what you might want to bring to the doctor to kind of like help the doctor diagnose you kind of thing, which I found to be very helpful because when you go to the doctor, it helps not to just show up and be like, something's wrong with me. And then- because obviously they're going to ask you a bunch of questions before they come they come to it. Uh s- while saying that, the other thing that is getting my mind going is the other problem with this is that this could be used to <sighs> I'm afraid to like delve into this because I I know it's like really tricky muddy territory, but I just I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, I think this could be used to make healthcare a little faster, get more patients in and out, which maybe necessarily isn't a bad thing, right? Because we want we want people to be effectively cared for and taken care of. Um, this is just such a huge beginning to this, and I, I don't think this is the last conversation we're going to have about it. This is... This is a big deal, (laughs) which it's not just I mean, I'm from my journalist perspective, the headlines had a lot to do with a lot of with the news that with the news of what Google's been doing with data. But I think that definitely is valid and a valid like criticism of that. But I also think that this is just when we talk about healthcare and the future of healthcare like look at how much money apple has invested into its health divisions um think about how much like microsoft azure in the back end like how they work with healthcare companies to kind of like provide those cloud services like all that data has to be aggregated somehow like that is data on you and it needs to be pulled up quickly we're not we're not dealing in clipboards and pieces of paper anymore like we have your lifetime of records. Like I'm, I'm seeing a doctor now, like more often. And they have my records from back when I was in college going to the doctor. And like, I don't even remember half the stuff I went to the doctor for, but they do. Uh, it's important information because you can't hold onto it on to uh, it on your own as a human. And so this is, uh, this is a very yeah. hot and cold. It's a very hot and cold topic.
0: It's, it's difficult because Data is such an important tool for healthcare, and we're not just talking about. Uh, I pulled I, I pulled the quadricep muscle, and now it really hurts. It's even science,
1: it, and science relies on data. Right, right. I mean, but
0: but I'm talking about how just how valuable to me and my health the data that my phone and if I'm wearing a, a an Apple Watch or some sort of a wearable are how valuable it is just to have it f- collect information like. Well, gee, Andy is normally really, really active and normally walks or rides a bike uh, uh, for a half hour to an hour a day. but for the past two weeks, based on the movement, based on movement and also based on geolocation, he has rarely gone more than uh, uh, more than like a 50 yards from his house uh, when he when he's not like in an Uber or, or in a Lyft that's an interesting piece of data mm-hmm. or uh, when it's, uh, when uh, it has the ability to uh, continually take pulse information. Uh, mm-hmm. I said, gee, his pulse was elevated at many. Normally this is his resting pulse rate for the past, for the past month. We've seen spikes as high as this for no real mm-hmm. reason, or even as simple as a, uh, uh, here is how straight he's walking. Here's how many times he fell down. Uh, when we add things like, uh, sleep tracking and, uh, things that are voluntary. Like, uh, I off and on, I, I do have a spreadsheet that just simply lets me, I, I tried to, I tried to get in the habit of, uh, adding little notes about my daily status. Uh without getting too detailed even for myself, because if I if I made it too complicated, it would be like a job to do, and i have never know. Exactly. Do it. But just simply I started off with one line for every day. Just simply said, Do you feel did you feel good today? Did you not mm-hmm. feel good today? And then now they're only there's still only like three or four things on it. But now did you feel good? There are just binary yes or no. And then the second thing is, did you sleep well? Did you not sleep well? Number three, do you feel as though you you your diet was responsible this day, or do you feel like it was irresponsible? Mm-hmm. And these are things that after a week or two, they're not. You don't have any useful data. But over the course of months and then years, when you st- and then you have these tools, especially in Google Docs and Google Sheets, for let's just spit out some graphs and see what this looks like and see if there's a correlation between. Like why – man, I just did not get – I don't feel like I got much done. Okay, well, let's take a look at what you've been doing for the past month and a half. And uh, but uh, and I would love in an ideal world to have all that data between the, the, the medical data, uh, uh, the mm-hmm. tracking data on my devices and notes that I'm taking automatically feeding into a knowledge base – that could not tell you. Oh my God, Andy's gonna. Andy's gonna have an embolism, and and in four months, eight days, two, two, eight days and three hours, just to the the ability I don't to know exactly. But just the ability to say, okay, Andy's uh, Andy's uh, uh, just has made a medical appointment because he he's feeling a little bit dizzy, but he can't really explain it. Or or even better, like his annual or semi annual physical. Here is some data to fall back on, or mm-hmm. ideally here's even something that you can predict. Like if you know that if this system knows my, my family medical background to know that it also has, uh, I've gone in, let's say I've gone in for genetic testing to know that your, mm-hmm. your, your family history is that there are a lot of people who die of this by this age, which means that perhaps we should be a little bit more sensitive to the need to test for this and... We're seeing a lot of markers in his decline of activity and his sleeping patterns that indicate there might be something going on. Let's schedule a test that would be irresponsible for us to schedule for anybody who is not in this risk group or doesn't have this data profile. I would, I would actually love all of this. the re- The reason why I'm, I'm going I'm, to, I'm, I realize that I'm heading off on a ramp, but believe me, I'm taking, I'm taking the, I'm, I'm steering the horse back Let's bring to the it corral. Back. Uh, but. Uh, the reason why, like uh, again, this quadriceps of mine has been uh, like hurting for like two weeks, and when you have a muscle thing, it's always like, okay, I'll give it some rest and give it some aspirin to see uh, and see if it just simply uh, goes away on its own. If I had, if in an ideal sort of medical uh, environment, I would have made the appointment uh, like a week ago. When it became clear that okay, it really, sh- it, after like three or four days of deliberately just like not going for my walks and not trying to, uh, tr- not trying to stress out the tr- stress out my my leg, this should be at least starting to feel better. And it's not feeling better. The idea that I'm going to wait another week just to just to make sure that I'm not about to spend X dollars to be told, okay, well, continue to rest it and continue to take the Advil mm-hmm. and come back in a month. Uh, the the only reason why you don't do that is be- is because the expense and also – and the reason why we don't have that system that I just described is that I don't want to give all kinds of data to a potential employer or a potential insurer, particularly a potential insurer who mm-hmm. – Wants they want to see this person has never been never called in sick a day in his life. Yeah, all of his, the only time that any of his ancestors died before the age of 108 were when they were hit by a bus. And we when we do also we also have the records that it wasn't because they, they they had a vision problem. It's because they were all drunk drivers who hit these people. So <laughs> there is no chance we will ever do a payout. And but saying that oh, we found out that. In 1891, uh, you had a great 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 uncle who was uh, a, a gold miner, and he had a heart attack carrying 120 pounds of stuff up a hill. So we, I'm afraid, we can't offer coverage to you I was at gonna this say, time. Yeah. yeah. So, so we another it's another example of we can have paradise on earth. So, but uh, we keep screwing it up. By finding ways of turning, turning a solution to a pressing problem into a financial opportunity or a financial advantage for one person, uh, but it did. But uh, just to close it off, it does. It does once again the fact prove that Google does have an image problem that they're just going to have to deal with. The fact that they had to, as part of the response to this, they had to say, okay. Here's why we just we we called it code name Project Nightingale. It's mm-hmm. not because it was a secret evil plan. <laughs> Florence it's because Nightingale. exactly. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 because this is these are experimental things that we're we we don't have like an actual product yet. We're using this to develop a product which we would then like call like Google Health Records Services and just like Apple and everybody else has code names for things just to discuss it internally. We were not trying to, we, they, they, they said that we even like in our last, uh, in our last shareholder report, we were mentioning that we have these relations, we have this new relationship with this healthcare provider. They didn't talk all about this, uh, exactly what this project was, but it's not as though they were doing anything to hide this. Exactly. So, oh, well, hopefully this, uh, really the, uh, I, I think it's the stink of Facebook that <laughs> is affecting everybody to a certain extent <laughs> yeah. and Google is no exception. Yeah, Ugh. um,
1: is this a good time to take a break?
0: I think Let's it's a good time to take a break. a break. We have we can when we come back, we'll be talking about why you're making your kid dumb by making them use Chromebooks in school. According to, well, we'll save that for later.
1: The holiday shopping season, Boxing Day, and Black Friday are just around the corner. I'm going to be looking for some good deals. Uh, I think this year I'm trying to go for tea towels for my friends, Uh, you know, you can never go wrong with a cute tea towel with some sort of farm animal on it. Now, when I'm shopping online, there's a little worse than a shopping cart fail or for the website to suddenly be unavailable. Pingdom will let you know the moment your website goes down in whatever way is best for you. Use transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the severity of the outage. So go to pingdom.com RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code Material at checkout to get an awesome thirty percent off your first invoice. That'll help you save some money so that you can buy tea towels for all your friends. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM.
0: Okay, so are Chromebooks making students less intelligent? Well, probably not. <laughs> uh, I just I just wanted I just wanted <sighs> to get on the bandwagon of. Uh, of trying to get people to like read a clickbaity headline, even though you're listening to a podcast already and there's nothing to click. Uh, so here, here's what happened. Here, here's what what the what the brouhaha is about regarding uh, Apple Vice President Phil Schiller, Vice President of Marketing, uh, and Chromebooks. Uh, you could. <laughs> I did take a note here just to amuse myself. Apple's Phil Schiller basically says that kids who use Chromebooks in school will turn out to be shiftless dullards, and we don't want our kids to become shiftless dullards, do we? So maybe everybody should be buying iPads instead, and uh, which isn't too diff- different from how these uh, news reports have been re- re- characterizing his comments. Uh, but let's be – again, let's be fair here. Com- his comments came in an interview with CNET uh, surrounding the new 16-inch MacBook Pro. Uh, The interviewer asked him uh, directly about what question a question regarding why uh, Chromebooks are far outselling the iPad uh, in education. uh, For background, of about sixty percent of all new computer purchases. Uh, in education, uh, last in 2018, I think, were Chromebooks versus uh, 20% were iPads. So definitely, they're feeling some some pressure. Uh, and so his response to the, I'll I'll, I'll repeat the uh, response in full as re- as in uh, included in the CNET article. Uh, Phil said. Kids who are really into learning and want to learn will have better success. It's not hard to understand why kids aren't engaged in a classroom without applying technology in a way that inspires them. You need to have these cutting-edge learning tools to help kids really achieve their best results. Yet Chromebooks don't do that. Chromebooks have gotten to the classroom because frankly they're cheap testing tools for required testing. If all you want to do is test kids, well maybe a cheap notebook will do that, but they're not going to succeed. And that was preceded by uh, him talking about uh, the wonderful uh, classroom curriculum and multimedia development uh, courseware tools that Apple has created and promoted and how good uh, the iPad is at that sort of stuff. Um, and then after this became sort of a thing uh, via Twitter, he elaborated because obviously, I, and again, I want to be really, really fair to Phil. It's you're, you're in an interview. You're sometimes you it's you have to really, really pre-process everything you say to make sure that you're not saying something. What you're what you're saying is. Uh, something that your intention and your meaning is absolutely clear, even if you can't. People can't hear the voice inside your head, because sometimes you're saying something, and you know, you know for an absolute fact that you absolutely what, what, what you the all the parameters of how you feel about an issue. But sometimes the way that you express it, you assume the people just have assumed the same things that you know. Uh, so he uh, clarified things a little bit by saying "Every via Twitter, every child has the ability to succeed. Helping them to do that has always been our mission. In the full conversation with CNET, we discussed giving kids and teachers the content, curriculum, and tools they need to learn, explore, and grow, not just to take a test. So underscoring that, what he's talking about is that effective education uh, involves having courseware digital courseware that gets kids engaged and gets kids to want to explore on their own and to really want to play with an idea and play with education as opposed to simply reading courseware um that's so now that now that i think we've done our duty to uh to fill um this is what he's saying was is basically the party line for apple on the differences why they're why they've been losing ground to chromebooks um they've been there's a lot of uh, core curriculum and there's a lot of core testing that uh, is really hard to do with a device that doesn't have a, a keyboard and a trackpad and so and we're talking about requirements where a school system is not allowed to buy certain hardware unless it has certain hardware features and uh, Apple's been doing amazingly good things and getting the prices of their iPads down. You can buy an, educa- an education a three hundred dollar iPad that is so good that even I'm sort of wondering. Gee, I wonder why I personally would buy an iPad Pro, given that the this the three 300, the three hundred twenty nine dollar to normal people like me iPad does so much of what I want an iPad for it's really fast. It has uh, has uh, pencil support, all this really, really cool stuff. Um, so the problem though, is that it really does oversimplify everything. They're not buying these because they need a, a, a keyboard for standardized testing. It's because, Number one, you can buy these they, they you can buy so many different varieties of Chromebook that a school system can buy exactly what it needs whether it's something with a touch screen or something that doesn't have a touchscreen it's not only that but the fact that you don't have to hire on uh, iOS developers in order to create custom courseware, Basically, you can tap into the great resources of of, of the workforce of people who understand how to develop apps for the web. And thirdly, uh, Google, I think, spent a lot more time talking to educators at all levels and asking them what do you want and what do you need, whereas Apple's corporate culture is to – formulate an idealized picture of what a system should look like and then convincing people this is why this is better than what you're using right now and oftentimes that works out very very well like when we were when they were trying to convince people this is why you want a computer with a graphical user interface and a mouse. I know you've never heard of it, you never used it before, but this is better. And this is why you want a you want a phone that doesn't have a physical keyboard on it. This multi-touch screen is going to be way way better. But when you're talking about people in education who are really who have specific needs, that are non-negotiable both because they know what they want to achieve and what they need to achieve. They are frontline workers and also because they are dealing with school systems and state requirements and federal requirements that are also non-negotiable. They can listen and they can say, wow, really this really is really cool. The way that uh, you're learning, uh, you're using Swift playgrounds to teach programming. However, that's not going to work for us. Uh, Google not only Provided them with a hardware platform, but also uh, a customized version of the G Suite and also a Google Classroom suite, uh, all for free, all tailored to what people actually need. So it's a little bit – it's a way oversimplification to say that, oh, well, unfortunately, here at Apple, our hands are tied. People are buying these these cheap flimsy notebooks just to get by testing. No, it's kind of an ideal – solution to the problems of education
1: and also three hundred dollars a student is a lot of freaking money yeah a year okay this is so first of all i just want to preface this saying there's a new water heater going on behind me and while i know jim will be able to edit out the parts where i'm not talking if there's screwing in the back just think of it as it's just ambiance um, i'm sorry if
0: there's what in the back
1: just <laughs> screwing i well screw sounds <laughs> i mean he's Screwing a water heater into the wall. So, you okay, know. I did. Uh, I, I, I didn't
0: know whether that was sorry. my my mind taking something innocent and turning no, it into no, something naughty. Or whether-
1: I know. Now I just now I just completely like yeah the mood of this. Uh, I'll just make okay, a note, but note but for I'm, show title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, you can't apply it to this. So listen, listen, folks. Uh, schools are greatly underfunded in the United States of America. I think it's really so uh, an opinion that I had about this Phil Schiller comment, which I've been waiting. I was waiting for Andy to get you through all the logistics and the facts before I kind of chimed in. Um, I made the comment that I thought this comment from Phil Schiller was very classist. Uh, which a lot of people were like, how is that possible that it's classist? Because we're talking about two giant corporations vying for like students' interests, which fair. Um, But for me, I have always seen Apple to be very exemplary of the kind of um, thought that is pervasive in Silicon Valley which is that like, well, why are you going to use that cheap crap when you could just use our like really nice expensive stuff? Yeah. And that's the thing is a school in Palo Alto has $300, $350 a student to spend. They have smaller classrooms. Um, they probably, they have more private schools and a, parents who can afford private schools and afford to pay for those accessories for their kids and afford to pay for the tuition that pays for the staff to help maintain these things. A public school or a charter school is pretty, pretty locked down with how much money they get. Um, most of their funding comes from testing, which is why testing is going to be the first thing on the list. Uh, it really doesn't matter if it's a Chromebook or whatever the heck is facilitating that. The point is that they need to get test scores out of those kids so that they can get money for whatever it is they need. Um, also I was looking at the pricing, like Google it's $20 a student a year. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, $20 a month per student per year. Now, if we're saying, we're talking about a nine-month school year, that's, let's, I'm, you know, rounding this all off, 180 bucks a student a year for these things to be maintained. It's half the price per student than what you would get with an iPad, not to mention what Andy had said about all, like, the, all the extra bits that you get with, like, the G Suite. And it's much easier to maintain. Like, you don't need to hire a, you know, a, you don't need to hire you know, specialists in the same sense that maybe Well I guess you would I don't know, those logistics. But regardless, it is cheaper, yes, to have Chromebooks in schools than it is to have Apple iPads, Apple computers. Um it's not I love this ambiance that's happening behind me. Uh it is not fair to it's not fair of Phil Schiller what he said. Because The reason I say that it sounded really classist is because he's coming from an absolute uh, stance of privilege. The fact that he is in an area of the Bay Area that is extremely affluent. People do have money to spend on those things. Let's think about the kids in Palo Alto and Cupertino have startup camps. Um, They are prepped and primed to go to Stanford. Okay. What about the kids in Oakland? Um, The kids in the San Francisco public schools. Uh, the teachers are already, by the way, extremely underpaid in the San Francisco school district. And um, they're struggling to get to work because they have to live so far away. I'm using the Bay Area as an example. But the fact is Apple's ba- both Apple and Google are based in the Bay Area. And you can see a lot of these disparities here in our little ecosystem. And I think that applies wor- like uh, nationwide because you will see the Those disparities in other states. So I just think it's it was extremely tone deaf thing to say. I understand that we're trying to push like what Apple's doing its education initiatives, but let me tell you something else that Apple used to do back in the '90s when I was growing up. And when I was growing up back in the '90s, (laughs) I'm sorry to everyone, but we had Apple computers in the classroom. What happened to that initiative to get? apple to play more nicely with education. Um n- we didn't have one one computer per kid, of course. That was a luxury. Only the really only the private schools had that because like the parents are paying for that. At the public schools we were lucky to have three computers that could be used and we had to all take turns using it so like we would have projects that we would work on and they would give us like our teachers would say all right you have 3 weeks to do this project like you need to schedule your time at the computer with this like sign up sheet that kind of thing like what happened to that initiative it, it, this is just not a fair thing to say and if apple really wants to make a ploy or excuse me a play a ploy whatever for uh for education if they really want to be involved in schools they have to they have to drastically cut Down, how much it costs to put their tech in schools? Like this is just you you can't you can't do that. I understand you're trying to sell hardware; that's where they make their money. But there's a reason Google's taken off on this. It is so much easier. Plus, not to mention, like the things that you're learning on a Chromebook are a lot more universal. You're learning web browsing. You're learning how to not just web browsing you're learning about the way the internet is indexed you're learning how to use the internet to get the information that you need i am perplexed at how many people like still do not understand how to google things quote unquote i know that sounds <laughs> really? like such a I, I know that sounds like such a oh, well what there's a lot of people who do not feel wholly empowered by the ability to do their own search online like they don't have that full trust and the thing is how can you have full trust in what you're doing online if you are not aware of what you're getting into it's like it's like walking down streets you don't know like you're going to feel a little like i don't know where i am i don't know if i'm going north or south kind of thing like you know i don't i don't know who the people are on this block kind of thing like i have no frame of reference you will not have a frame of reference for the internet if you're not like actively using it to research for your papers or to like communicate with your teachers. And so, yeah, the Chromebook is offering all of these things. It's super easy to maintain and the hardware is so cheap. If a student breaks it, who cares? Yeah. Like
0: to, to, to say, to say nothing of the fact that even the cheap hardware is pretty damn good. And I
1: we to stop calling it cheap, by the way, it's just low cost. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, we're not putting, okay. like, you know what I mean. It's yeah. not. We're not putting like hundred dollar Asus tablets in there.
0: Right. Well, yeah. This, this is not the stuff that you buy at the local drugstore. Yeah. <laughs> or stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that it's such a valuable market that uh, all of these companies want to be as responsive to the needs of this specific market as possible, and that's why they. You can spend. Even if you're not in education, you can you can buy one of these like education uh, influenced uh, Chromebooks for mm-hmm. 200 dollars that has you can that you can spill an entire cup of coffee into the keyboard without knowing for a fact you've just destroyed your entire laptop, and you can drop it again without knowing that you've just destroyed a laptop. And this is these are the machines that they don't have the two millimeter bezels around the screen, and they didn't try to shave more thick thinness out of it they're the these are the laptops where it have they have to be durable they have to be practical they have to be they have to have uh, an hdmi port and they have to have a usb port all of these things uh we i've spoken i think i've i think on this show i've spoken about the 40 uh educational thinkpad 11e yeah that i got the mit flea for 40 bucks And most of the things that I love about it are simply the fact that this was built partly for education where – they know that they don't they are not going to sell these things on the basis that look how thin it is look how lightweight it is look how oh and aren't you don't doesn't the fact that there's a bezel on the tops uh the the half inch or three-quarter inch bezel around the screen make you want to vomit like no no it really doesn't it's the the fact that it has a comfortable keyboard that i can plug anything into it without a dongle or an adapter and the thing is built (laughs) like a rock. I these are things I like. Society is
1: about production. I'm sorry. Like we live we live in an age of production. Like how much production can you get out? And that's what that's what children are being taught because that's like that's how society is run. So um I I get what Apple is trying to maintain. I get what Schiller was trying to do in terms of like the overall marketing shtick, but I just felt like it was really it was really tone deaf because we're talking about children and we're talking in an environment where education is severely underfunded in so many parts of the United States. Yep. And for Apple to talk this way, it's it just seems very just like, okay, well clearly the schools who are using this are not like what, they're just not good enough. I guess those kids are not going to Stanford. Like, what?
0: Yeah. Well, like that. Uh,
1: come on. It's just not cool. It's not cool at all. And it doesn't make me want to be an Apple customer. It makes me think, wow, Apple's got their noses up. That's how I look at it as a consumer.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. It's, uh, Maybe uh,
1: I'm too personal about this, but this no, is how No, I no, no, no.
0: It's, I mean, it's, it's exactly right. And it's exactly the reason. Uh, it, it uh, I, This is another thing where I have to put the shot – I have to put a shot clock on a certain line of thought. I know. <laughs> because I know. otherwise it's – I think it is endemic of a lot of the, the classist culture that we have in this country where when you have large groups of people that are faulting uh, s- certain school systems – by saying you see they don't you have teachers that don't want to teach and you have kids who aren't, aren't motivated and you know they they're ju- they just may as well just like you know they, they 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 drop out of school and go right into prison yeah because they, they don't do.
1: have food at home exactly, like, I'm exactly. sorry exactly. it's it, like
0: it, it, where it, where they're not saying okay well, let's <laughs> let's even just focus on school how much money do does the school system get per student versus they don't
1: even give their students food right. like
0: you know Sorry, and I just. it's just time and and the, you you want and there's a lot of classism and racism based in a lot of this uh where where it's people want to people want to think that the reason why a certain group succeeds people and the the, the poor people uh the, you know people all over the country no matter what what group you want to associate with them there's just they believe that there's a class of people that are just not part of our american society they're the people they're the bad people they're the wrong people and it's almost wrong to try to uh, to try to ask questions about what is it about our society that is uh, denying these children advantages that are just table stakes uh, elsewhere in the world. No, 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 it's because these it's because these uh, these children of uh, the children of immigrants, these grandchildren of immigrants, you know, even even the white immigrant children. You know, there's just something that's missing in their in their DNA. Like no, there's something missing in their stomachs and there's something missing in sometimes in their households and there's certainly things that are missing in the school systems where they have to go every single day. So and I'm not pinning this on Phil Schiller again. I don't want. I I hope this. Uh, I hope this doesn't. This isn't uh, uh, ganging up on Phil Schiller. This is. This is again when you are. Uh, if they. If if he were sitting down on an interview about the role of technology in education, yeah. his mind would have been flipped to a mode to talk about it more broadly. His mind. I think I'm not speak. I can, obviously I can't speak for him, but what it sounds like reading the entire interview and again, the edited interview, is that it seems as though he was asked a question about why are iPads failing in school? And yeah. he gave a uh, very calm, but by definition, defensive argument about here is why ours our computers are really, really great. The computers that are beating our pants off are not great computers and not the best solutions for kids. Uh, and but But nonetheless, it really does... Uh, illustrate that people there are way too many people who look at the crisis in education and it is a crisis in education and don't think about how can we best help kids they think about how can we best underscore our own pre preconceptions about why certain kids, why our kids are succeeding and why their kids are failing. Yeah. And that's not how you solve problems. You have to. He, understand.
1: Sh- he should have just left out that last part, but they're not going to succeed. And honestly, everything would have been fine. Like, because yeah. it. it It is not – to to put – well, I just want to put a pin on it on my end. It is not up to tech companies to solve the crises, the social crises that we are dealing with as a society. Like, I am not saying that. And I understand that a lot of people are like, well, it is not – it is not up to them. And it's true. It's not. But I would just – if you are a PR person behind these people, to guide them to speak more broadly about things – and a little less niche, because what happens is stuff like this is said, and then it makes it makes things look bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Because because it does upset people. Uh, it upsets me, and I'm upset as a as a consumer, a person who chooses Google over Apple products. Um, you know, it, we just we need to approach these things maybe a little. I think Phil maybe needs to have a talk with a media professional
0: <laughs> about
1: how to go forward. Talking about. Apple and education and also get prepared for the question of why don't you drop the prices of your Apple products then for yeah. the schools, you know, let's, let's shift there. Hmm. Let's not talk about kids and why they're not succeeding. Cause it's obviously a much bigger, much bigger reason for that. So that's my pin.
0: Yes. Well, we have one more commercial Then we'll we do. T- we'll talk, we'll talk about uh, Google trying to collect data on your ability to become one of the greatest tenors in rock history. Uh, But that's after our final ad of the show.
1: This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, and you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop in an email, give them a call, or chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier for you whatever suits you best. Oh, and they have some super useful guides and support documentation. So if you just need to quickly look something up, you can. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. This new management console is a single-page application build using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by our public API. And it's open source. Plus, they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe and secure. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gig of RAM for just five dollars a month, and they offer high-memory plans starting with sixteen gigs of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com/material and use our promo code material twenty nineteen to get twenty dollars towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that is four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So you have Leno to try today. That's leno.com slash material, promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Leno for their support of this show and all of Relay FM.
0: Well, before we go, we have to talk about late breaking news uh, about an exciting technological development. And no, we're not talking about the Motorola Razr folding folding phone. We'll talk about that next week after we try to make sense out of lots of things that uh, (laughs) neither of us were at the launch event. So we have to... Sit and talk to people and And I have percolate. to work through
1: my nostalgia of that whole era because, I'm telling yes, you, it's, exactly. it's so we have to really embedded in me.
0: We, we have to have a whole bunch of, like, montages narrated by Daniel Stern, Wonder Years style, <laughs> while we <laughs> go into this. Uh, but uh, just uh, breaking news this morning uh, as we're recording. Uh, Google released uh, the Freddy Meter, uh, an artificial intelligence experiment. Uh, which rates how well you sing like just Freddie a Mercury. Poor boy
1: from a poor family <laughs> I used to be so good at just like busting that song out with friends back in, in my early 20s. Like we would just we would just drink and sing Bohemian Rhapsody, which in, in the grand scheme of things isn't a bad way to pass the time. No
0: that's that's, that's admirable. <laughs> And there's uh, as as listeners have uh, obviously realized, I I was blessed with a rich, lush baritone. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, that means that uh, any it's just not possible for me to do what I want to do, which is just bailed out the
1: bass vocal, right? Exactly.
0: It's like. Now, I, I, on, on a positive thing, I I get to sing like all the Sinatra songs. I get to sing like all the Tony Bennett songs. All the great hey,
1: You and you add the depth to music. Okay, now that's not to say it's not to not to crap on tenors, but but you know it really helps. I said that right, right, I, right. Sorry.
0: No, no, okay. No. See, yeah. And, and also, like as I, I will say, as an opera fan, like yeah. all the really. Dope! All the real dopes in opera are tenors. These are the people who, like, <laughs> oh, I've just fallen. I've been thunderstruck by uh, falling in love <laughs> with a princess who, <laughs> a, will have everybody who who proposes marriage to her beheaded if they don't pass scared, these three just riddles. That. Yes. Number two has a whole aria about how look I just don't want to get married because an ancestor of mine you know got had was in a bad bad relationship and she died look I don't the reason why I have this I will behead you if you try to ask me to marry you thing is not because I want people to come and uh, come and uh, ask me to marry them so I can behead them I'm trying to get these dopes to stop asking but no the dopey tenor has to whereas the baritone roles. We are the Zarastros. We are the, we are the, the, the uncle in La Traviata who has to sing about how, you know, my, literally, literally my dopey tenor son is shacking up with this woman, bringing disgrace to the family and preventing our, 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 my, uh, his sister, my daughter from marrying, marrying this person. She really loves. I'm really going to have to have it out with both of them. So, so I'm saying that I, I, I would love to. I would love to be able to sing Jackie Wilson songs. I can't do that. I would love to sing. So, but the, I'm sorry. Let's get back. So basically, the Freddie Meter app. The <laughs> Freddie Meter. See. <laughs> Will allow Google to prove to me numerically how much I can't sing like Freddie Mercury. Uh, It's a – they're calling it a, quote, web experience, unquote, for Android, iOS, and Mm -hmm. desktop. Uh, To start, you select one of four iconic queen songs. We select between Bohemian Rhapsody, Don't Stop Me Now, Somebody to Love, uh, or We Are the Champions – Somebody to love. That's the w- if I had to choose one of four that I could sing properly. Somebody to love. That's just.
1: Anyway. I'm, I'm afraid to start it. By the way, it's Freddy, Freddie F R E D D I E meter dot with youtube So just in case, and when you go to it, it's uh it's very interactive. Um, and it is. Let's see. It is in. It was made with the Mercury Phoenix Trust, a charity founded by Brian May, Roger Taylor, and their manager Jim Beach in memory of Freddie Mercury, who died in 1991 from AIDS-related causes. So, just in case <laughs> anybody, there is a there's a cause behind this, which is lovely. Um, also, Google,
0: I- Google is well <laughs> is well on board. It has not hidden their love of Freddie Mercury uh, with the one of the best Google Doodles they have ever done. Which was like a a, a, an eight an eight bit uh, music video for "Don't Stop Me Now," Mm -hmm. and and it was really it was a video game that oh my god I don't know what cartridge system would run this game but if this were a real game I would buy that cartridge system. Even if it were that, like, phony baloney, like, rebooted Atari console that really seems like like vaporware mm-hmm. at this point. If they were promising this as uh, as a debut title, I would be buying that console. Uh, but anyway, so you sing one of these songs for about a minute. They will give you the guided lyrics. Uh, and then the Freddie meter will calculate a percentage with scores in three categories. Your pitch, your melody, uh, and your timbre. So, how well you hit the notes, how well you hit the notes in relation to each other, and how much your vocal style matches Freddie's. So it's uh,
1: rock band, but for Queen.
0: Rock basically. band, but for, but, the, but this has got to be an expert level because I mean, no no pressure. It's like we we've got one of the greatest tenors ever in in music history. Not even just rock, but one of the greatest. There have been, I'm not, I'm not joking, there have been academic papers written about the shape of Freddie Mercury's head, his skull, but how he was able to produce that those sounds, that volume, and that control. That's why um, they
1: still use those songs in American Idol, you know, and yeah. The Voice to really, like, test the abilities.
0: Basically to make you look like an idiot. I'm sorry. If you're on a reality (laughs) show, they say, oh, by the way, okay, your competitor will be singing uh, a Ramones song. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's making me realize Google
0: should do this. No, Google should do this with Mariah
1: Carey. That... (laughs) That is the <laughs> ultimate test.
0: <laughs>
1: uh fantasy God, how, how many unnecessary uh,
0: notes can you add to a song <laughs> just just to show that you can?
1: They weren't all unnecessary. Okay. Some most of them were, very most, the Most the ones that are
0: directly related to the melody <laughs> were necessary.
1: Hey, she can hit them. I can't hit them. I can't do that uh, without like running out of breath. Um uh, You know, there's a reason that Mariah Carey sleeps in a very humidified room. (laughs) It's good for her vocal cords. Uh, This is – I, but I am serious. This better, like, lead to some sort of, like, web rock band experience because I miss rock band. Yeah. And if if you can give me something that is, like, truly not just pressing buttons, but, like, I'm talking – we're trying to make sure that things are on pitch so that if you're having a rock band party – People are truly, truly into the music that you are playing. I'm just, I'm just saying. I feel like there's some good times ahead.
0: Yeah. I was, I I kind of had when when rock band added vocals, I kind of had to stop playing it with friends because I was that guy who was taking it way too seriously. I was
1: I was too. Like uh, yeah.
0: I, I want I, I, no I I stress not in the sense of like ruining a good time for everybody else. But by the fact that if I didn't get a good score on a song that I think mm-hmm. I should be able to sing well, yeah, I'm like it would just make me moody for the remainder yeah. for for at least ten minutes later. Saying, Damn.
1: My pitch is Gwen Stefani, so that's oh. usually what I I karaoke. No doubt, that's usually what I start with.
0: Good because choice. Because I can I good, I can
1: sing at that level. Um, very very hard for me to sing foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> or,
0: or or journey. <laughs> That would
1: be it. The problem with, okay, we're going to end the show by saying the problem with journey. I love that song, by the way. Uh, No, the problem with journey is that because I live in SF giants territory, like journey is often the stuff that's sung. And I just, it's been kind of just after so many world series wins, uh, you know, we just kind of got a lot of journey (laughs) here. So it's just, uh, I need a break. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) But let's but before we close off though I I, yeah. I, have, I want to compare notes in one final way about like yes. our rock band experience. Uh-huh. Did it were you seething whenever there there's there was people who knew how to like uh game the vocal track yes. for scores and just like Yes. You're not. Because all you had to do was watch Little
1: Arrow. And it's just like, no, you're not singing. And like, the whole point of a rock band party is this is the entertainment. And if you're not entertaining us, go sit down and drink your jungle juice. Listen, (laughs) I was very young. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all been there with the tropical punch. In the Home Depot bucket, don't know what
0: <laughs> little, little grease pencil on the here, sides I'm of the fine. bottles to make sure that you make sure that they're at the same levels they were at before the yes, before your little <laughs> <laughs> basketball JV party. <laughs> no, really, we just want to, you know, we we almost made state, and so we just want to have. We, I spent so much time with these guys, like, no.
1: Oh, this was college, Andy. Because you're broken college. You're just like, whatever you can get in there to okay. just, you know... <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, see, I, uh, see, I, I thought huh. that jungle juice was mostly an illicit high school like party drinking phenomenon because it's just, it's by, just by basically – a By yeah. college, you can like a, you're still broke, but you can't raid like a parent's liquor cabinet. So at least you're saying, well, if I'm if I'm spending eight dollars and thirty nine cents for a, for a gallon plastic jug <laughs> of vodka, <laughs> I'm at least going to like make. I'm at least going to make myself some screwdrivers. I'm at least going you know, <sighs> to.
1: So now everybody knows Andy and Flo have you know what you know what we've all been there and we're fine we're here we're employed yes. mostly
0: <laughs> no no I went I I I I have to def- I have to simply say because this is again a story that would take a great story but I think it would take a half hour. But I was uh, for the, my first two weeks in college, I had this realization that gee, I met like a uh, I met like a Polytechnic Institute. everybody are everybody in the school are probably nerds who didn't like get invited to like the cool like really heavy drinking parties and all of these we've got hundreds and hundreds of kids that are now for the first time get to stay up as long as they want and drink as much as they want without having to explain it to parents. I, for the, I thought for the first two weeks, I think I'm just gonna watch what happens because I think it's going to be very, very inter- amusing. And what I saw going to parties for the first two weeks, absolutely to this day, I drink maybe one drink a week, usually maybe one drink a month, because it was like, okay, that <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to be that guy on the pool table in his underwear. Pointing his fingers at everybody, yeah. saying that you're all, you could all be figments in my imagination. You're all just figments. I'm like, okay, I'll. Uh anyway, oh,
1: well, if anybody that- would like to send their <laughs> their drunken reverie stories, yes, you can tweet us at material Podcast. Yes,
0: we do follow <laughs> that account very, very closely. We will see your tweets. Uh if you want to create a uh if you want to create a dummy account just so you can tell us amazing drinking stories, uh by all Please. means, uh we will <laughs> confer with you before we <laughs> share them on the air. Uh, and uh, you, uh, it's also a good time to mention that uh, you can also uh, get memberships if you're enjoying our asides. <laughs> uh, part, you know, our we, constant asides, yes. Exactly. there's it's We're Google users, so we're technically staying on topic when we talk we about are. this stuff. Uh, by all means, go to relay.fm slash material. You can sign up for a membership. Uh, which is a very, very kind, uh, we very, very lovely sign of how much you're enjoying the show. Uh, we appreciate everybody who listens to us for any reason, at any level of contribution, or if you're just listening to the show and not contributing. Uh, however, holiday seasons are are coming up, uh, which means that we're probably being affected by some sort of family hassles and/or seasonal depression that can be corrected by. Going out for more movies and nice dinners and or buying more games and stuff, all of which are very nicely uh, enhanced uh, by the extra money that we get from our memberships. We thank you for that very, very much. Uh, Flo, what do you want to promote between now and uh, next week when we uh, get back together?
1: Oh, I'm just working my butt off on getting caught up with everything. So go to florenceion.com. Uh, I just updated it recently with some stuff that posted at Lifehacker and some stuff that Yay. posted Android Police. Um, and then honestly, Tech should be back next week, uh, God willing. So honestly, TechPod.com. Uh, you know, just check it out and support <laughs> me. And uh, oh, and I have some really fun. I'm just going to go ahead and tease it here. I have some really fun Twitch streaming stuff coming up for the holidays. Uh, Basically, I have a bag of Android figurines that need to be Christmas, Christmas (laughs) Christmas-fied. So, uh, yeah, this weekend I'm going to go to the dollar store and see what, like, little props I can, I can, like, pick up and stuff. I need to get, like, I need to get a reindeer, I need to find an elf's hat. So, yeah, that's what you have to look forward to from me. (laughs) <laughs>
0: um and uh normally you can listen to me roughly every friday at wgbh uh, talking about technology uh we are all, the entire show is uh, not just me but the entire show is preempted on friday because of uh, the ongoing live coverage of impeachment hearings looks like i've been moved to monday so probably you can uh listen to me at 1 p.m uh, on Monday, uh, listen to me at wgbhnews.org. As always, I usually promote or get, tell, tell you tell people when I'm going to be on and what I'm writing and what's going to be posted, and also random comments to uh, Flavor It News of the Day on my Twitter feed at anotgo. You can also see pictures and stuff at Instagram. If you want to be mildly disappointed, you can check, check out my website, anatgo.com, which is... Made another step forward to becoming a bloggable, <laughs> as intended, blog uh, host uh, a few weeks ago, but still very disappointing because I don't – it's not yet at the point where I'm excited about writing stuff and posting it there. But I'm, <laughs> I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. The effort the, – the my heart is in the right place. It's just that my writing is not in that. <laughs> go.com as much as I would like. Uh, so that'll do it for us for this week thank you everybody so much for listening to us Mm -hmm. hope you listen to us again next week until then everybody have an awesome seven days
1: bye